Welcome to the Financial Residency Podcast, where we are devoted exclusively to the financial well-being of physicians and helping you achieve the financial freedom you deserve. This is your financial residency without the long hours and sleepless nights. Let's welcome your host and primary care physician for your finances, Ryan Inman. Welcome to the Financial Residency Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Inman, and we are live from FinCon 2017 in Dallas, Texas. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a good friend with mine today, uh, Kat Alford. Hey. How you doing, Kat? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. A little cold. Yeah, we're uh, kind of freezing right now. <laughs> we're huddling in a in the Sheraton Hotel where FinCon's hosted. Yeah, we're not dressed appropriately for this southern weather. I know it's kind of crazy. It uh, it got cold when the bodies started coming out of this conference. <laughs> what? Yeah, it is what it is. Awesome. Well, today I want to talk with you about combining finances as a newlywed couple. Okay. Um, this is something that. I actually deal with a lot uh, working with younger physicians, and I'm curious to get your take on it as a fi- family finance expert. Say that three times fast. I'd like uh, to see you try. It's intentionally difficult. I don't, I really difficult. don't want to, actually. <laughs> uh, but I want to talk with you today on combining finances and kind of see what your thoughts are as someone who deals uh, in family finance family all finance. the time, all day, every day. And so, yeah, if you'd like to just introduce I, yourself yeah, sure. and then... Sure. Well, as Ryan said, my name is Catherine Alford, and I am a family finance expert. I have been a financial writer and blogger for seven years now. And over the course of those seven years, I have partnered with a lot of really great companies, um, had my work appear on you know, great websites, and have been on national TV talking about a lot of these issues. So I'm really passionate about helping young families become good um, with their finances. And so, yeah, combining finances, like, I'm so glad you asked me because that's, ooh, that's kind of a juicy mm, topic. Hey. Like, uh, <laughs> like, I just feel like people have very strong opinions about this topic. And there are a lot of leading financial experts, especially female financial experts who are very against combining finances, but I'm actually for it. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, I always say it was very easy to combine our finances, my husband and I, because when we got married, I was only 22. Mm. I was like a little baby. And um, we always joked that like I had 200 bucks, he had 200 bucks. And so after we got married, we just, you know, went and opened our joint bank account and then we had 400 bucks, you know? So it wasn't, I think people now who get married later, they have a lot more a lot more wealth. Um, They've been in their careers a lot longer. They have their own personal investments. I mean, we were so young that, you know, we were just getting started. Um, But that allowed us to work together and, you know, work through issues and, you know, deal with things along the way. I was asking him the other day, I, I, we've been married eight years. I thought it was going to be nine. I'm just adding a year to myself. I think it's eight. So (laughs) almost eight. So I think that, um, yeah, I mean, we've learned a lot along the way. So as far as like my general opinion of joining them, mm-hmm. like I'm for it. That's good. I mean, that's you good. are too, I, I right? Am, I am. I am as well. Yeah. And when I come across this a lot, it's like you said, it's uh, people are pretty opinionated. Yeah. And they. I mean, it's not politics. It. I mean, it's just yeah. a joint bank account, but like it's, simmer but down. It's a big deal. Yeah. Big no, deal it is. And so one of the things I think is interesting. So you are married to uh, a physician. I am. And. This was pre him having oh yeah six figure debt yeah so it could be a little bit different but I I'm curious like if the debt was an issue would you have still wanted to combine the way you did 
think so because I his parents have been married 35 years. My parents have been married 35 years. And I think it's just been a part of both of our upbringing that when you get married, you're a team and you join your finances together. And whether it's, you know, plus 300,000 or in our case, negative a couple hundred thousand, it's, you know, we're a team. We agree to it together. And honestly, I mean, I had a big role in making the decision for him to go to med school and incur that debt. And my husband went to a Caribbean med school, which, as you know, and as a lot of these listeners know, um, it's more expensive than an American medical school. And I'm, I hope you guys hear all the fun noise because we are recording live at FinCon. So there's a lot of awesome background noise. Definitely. Um, but we actually sat down together, and he had a great job. He worked in um, organ donation. He worked for um, in, in Richmond, Virginia, where like the head of organ donation is. And so he was working in the medical field, and he enjoyed it. And, you know, it's kind of one of those career tracks. You know, each year you get a five percent raise. And we actually sat down together. You know, he, you know, he nerded out with his Excel spreadsheet and said, "If I stayed in my job." Let's be very conservative. Let's do like traditional raises over time. Um, this is what I would have at retirement. And then we said, okay, what if you stopped saving words for retirement? What if you went to medical school? What if you incurred the debt? And let's say family practice. Okay, let's really, let's say $120,000 a year. So everything we did, we really like low-balled everything. Um, and it still came out where he'd be ahead financially if he went to medical school. Interesting. So, I mean, we it wasn't a decision that we made lightly, but it was one that we made together because it was not his choice. It was our choice as a family. That was a, a large debt burden to take on. And so consciously going into it, we knew even in like a worst case scenario, we're still going to be better off than we would be if you stayed at your this corporate whatever job and, and worked your and, way up. And what I kind of take away from that is the first thing that I wanted to kind of get into was understanding what your guys' life goals are mm-hmm. and understanding where you are at as people and what would give you a truly fulfilled life. Right. And so as he went through and did the math, yeah. which is amazing. <laughs> which is just math, by the way. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're not taking into account like, we're like, oh, we'd be better off financially, but it's not like, oh, we got to like move to the Caribbean and like be apart and go through residency. Like we didn't factor in all the emotion. This is purely math, by the way. Yeah. So, so you went through the math piece, which we, is- We chose which the is, hard path, even though it was the financially better path. Definitely. But yeah. but he's achieving and he's he's accomplishing something yeah. that is truly important to him. And that, right. you can't quantify that. I agree. You can't quantify that. So no that, regrets, right? Pretty, if that's exactly. what you want to do, let's go for it. Again, this is like before even applying, like before we put all the effort, I mean, because we all know this is effort, Yep. you know, filling out the applications is a lot of money, you're spending it, whatever. Before we go through all of that, let's decide. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's you the same thing Taylor love, and I right? did. Yeah. You know, we had been dating since freshman year of college. And when she decided like she was going to go to med school. I know. It's been a long time. But yeah. You know, it took me apparently 10 years to marry a doctor. Uh, <laughs> and I'm reminded by all of my friends, including my wife, that it took me 10 years. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we've been married now four. But when we were in college, it was a big decision. It was, you know, are we going to make this work, go long distance? Is she going to do it? Yeah. Is she going to do things. some other type of research yeah. position or not? And ultimately, obviously, we decided she'd go back to KU and, and, yeah. and all that. But Because doctors are brilliant people and... You know, obviously, they're very intelligent, so you could make um, a great income, plenty of money, and many different jobs with with their skill set and their brains, but this is a choice to go this path. It's a calling. Yeah, it is. It is a calling. And I'm very thankful that, you know, her and I made the decision, and obviously thankful we're still... (laughs) 
world. Happy and together. Everyone's still hanging in there. We're still That's the in important one piece part. After you know, three years of residency and three right. years of fellowship. I was about to say we're still we're still together too. Just yep. uh, you know, in the depths of residency, so probably not as happy yeah, as you, you guys. You but, see him every four days. You know, for an hour. I mean, he's there. Yeah. Um, but sense. we'll get there. That's why we're friends with people like you, so that we know that there is a an end of the road. So yeah, definitely. So. You know, there's there's something to say about, you know, looking at your life goals and your finance yeah. goals and everything. And then there's the concept of, okay, now we've kind of decided we're all going in the right path. Right. Now, let's talk about the process of, of budgeting and actually yeah. combining the finances. Mm. So, I know you're a fan of budgeting. I am. I'm a fan of, like, cash flow planning, so looking forward. Mm. But I'm, I'd love to have your opinion on budgeting and the buckets and things that we've talked about offline a lot. Yeah. So if you can kind of go into sure. what you guys do and how you do it and what works for you, for, you know, your physician family. Sure. And, you know, I think it, it takes a long time. I always say like budgeting is a skill. It's like, it's not like you're going to pick up a violin and play it perfectly the first time, right? It's something that you have to learn and you have to practice. And especially if you're, you know, doing a duet with someone else mm-hmm. with your budget. I mean, these are two different personalities, two different spending styles, two different savings styles, and more importantly, two different upbringings. And all of those things affect how we view money and how we spend money. And the way I do a budget today, um, almost eight years into marriage after trial and error, is I'm extremely focused on um, being a month ahead. Um, obviously, having um, you know step one, emergency fund, but step two, at the beginning of every month, my budget is a $7,000 budget. At the beginning of every month, on the first of the month, $7,000 has to be in there. Like, that's just how it goes. I don't like to use a credit card the whole month and then wait to get paid and then, you know, then pay it off. Like, that makes me uncomfortable. I like to be just that one step ahead. Um, And as part of the budget, this $7,000 budget, inside of it are categories and also savings buckets. So a category might be student loan repayment. It might be the electric bill, it's my my child's, my children's, um, you know, fancy private preschool tuition. It's our groceries. It's everything, right? My mortgage, everything. And But then at the bottom um, or at the top, however you like to view it, savings first, I am automatically saving for long-term goals. Now, this can be as simple as Christmas. Um, you know, you say 50 bucks a month for Christmas, and then you don't feel like so crazy around the holidays, like your spending's out of control. Um, I mean, we moved to Detroit and uh, again, talking about spending habits, my husband, you know, really loves like really high quality items. So he wants one of those Canadian goose down coats for going to the hospital at five in the morning. That's They're amazing. like 800 bucks, right? So I'm like, but I'm, I'm the kind of, I'm wearing it right now. I, <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> But like that's the kind of things that we negotiate. Like he he thinks I'm like magical. Like I can just make this coat happen out of nowhere. But um, which is great that he thinks I have these skills. But um, that's what I do for him. I'm like, okay, you want this coat? Whatever. I got my coat on sale at like Macy's, but this is what you want. So let's make a plan. Um, I'm going to save for it for a year. You wear this coat this winter. That's not really adequate. The entire year, I'm going to put thing in the bucket. Now this year, he can go and buy his. Canadian goose down coat or whatever he wants. But these are this is kind of our play because uh, my husband before marriage would have gone out and bought it. But now he knows that anything over $50 we have to discuss. So at any given time, I have four to five savings buckets going. And this it's just, and, and, and things are automated as much as possible. 
I honestly, the only bill that is not automated is my daughter's ballet tuition. Whereas the first of the month, I have to send myself like a note to remind myself to put the check in the in the box. Interesting. Yeah, I don't like I don't like to stress about it. Like in my brain, I know when things are coming out. Like when I check my accounts every day to make sure things are going. Um, but it's all automated, and I feel comfortable with that because the money is there before it starts. So a couple points that I'd like to to kind of t- chat mm-hmm. on here. One is to for the listeners to know that you're self-employed. You I am. Run yes. your own business. I've been self-employed and, four years. And you have a 1099 income, and yes. it's not always stable. No. It's flexible. Let's just use the word flexible. <laughs> it's sometimes it's terrifying. <laughs> that it's flexible and terrifying. Yeah. So so one thing is as you're yeah. going through, it's really great to know that this is what you guys spend. Yes. Uh, and it's that's, not necessarily like. We spend this amount to go to dinner and this amount. No. That you don't micro. No, 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 budget. no, no. You have it macroed to buckets. Correct. And then the buckets have a hierarchy. So you know that mm-hmm. it's about $7,000 yeah. yep. every month, give or take, mm-hmm. very little. Uh, you know that that's what's going to cost you. Mm-hmm. So I, I I like that concept. And then I like the, the idea that as you guys went through your 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 process, now $50 is low is is really low to like have a threshold to talk to it each is. other and i'm assuming there's a little story behind there <laughs> on why that is because most couples it's 100, it's 100. 500 or something like yeah that, i think it's income. it's definitely where you're coming 50 is our threshold actually 50 was our threshold from day one so like maybe someday we'll up it okay but just for some reason it all like happened one day with like a really expensive haircut my husband got not me guys this is not me this is my husband's hair. My husband, like, literally has hair like McDreamy, like in Grey's Anatomy. It's flowing. It, it is flowing. Ryan has seen it flow. It's um, It's very beautiful. And, you know, he'd go and get these haircuts. You know, if you have long hair, apparently, I don't know, because I, a man's long hair, my long hair, I get cut once a year, right? You know, every six weeks he's going. And it's like 60 bucks because it's like the super nice salon that I would never go to. Again, different spending habits. And I just remember getting the bill for one day and it was like $100, right? So it was like the hair, but then they sold him some shampoo and then some like texture in a jar or something like that. And we had this like big argument about it. And I'm like, we're supposed to have this $50 thing. But, you know, over time, you kind of forget the rules. So that after that, the hair incident, I call it. After the hair incident of, of uh, whatever it was, 2014, <laughs> we uh, <laughs> may, it, may, it, may it go down in history. Uh, he's got to ask. And, you know, the funny thing is that um, his mom was like, our, our yard's like a hot mess right now. I've been out of town. You know, he's been working nights. I know people listening to this can relate. His mom's helping with our kids while I'm here at FinCon. She was like, God, you guys really need like a leaf blower. Uh, like your yard's a mess. Like your life's a disaster. And, and they went and looked at him and like the cheapest one was 60 bucks. And she's like, you, got, you know, you need to clean the yard. Your dad will help. He's like, I can't buy it. He's like, Catherine will kill me. It's sixty dollars. Like she's not answering her phone. Like, I can't. I can't buy it. It's over the fifty dollars threshold. That is amazing. <laughs> Structure right there, man. That's amazing. I wouldn't yeah. buy it because I don't think I would want to do the yard work. I know, uh, right? I and actually, and maybe that's what it is. And he just doesn't have the heart to tell his mom. Well, that. he did. He hasn't been cutting the grass, and and all I had to do was go get a quote from someone online. I'm like, this nice strapping gentleman will cut our grass for oh, twenty five dollars nice. a week. He's like, I'll do it. And like, the next day he's yeah, done. He's only you know going through residency. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, he only, barely sleeping. But. You know, he woke the quote unquote wink wink eighty hours. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the he can cut the shape. grass. 
Oh, poor guy. Uh, so as as we're looking, so now we're talking a little bit about budgeting, and, yeah. and I and I do something that's a little different. Yeah. So I look at cash flow planning, which budgeting looks backwards, and mm-hmm. cash flow planning to me looks forwards. So I look at the amount of income that's coming home from your take home pay. I look at what your fixed expenses are, and this is somewhat what you have done. Yeah, and you've just got the number, but I think of it a little bit differently. I take all of our fixed expenses, mm-hmm. and. And that's that's where I get pretty detailed because I know what's recurring and and um, and, and what is a necessity. And I actually include food in there, but I include it food from a grocery store as if we ate every meal from a grocery mm-hmm. store, which we don't. No. Um, but I include that as our baseline, you know, cost in food. And then I look at our savings as the next kind of bucket, if you will. And so you know, four hundred fifty-eight dollars a month goes into IRAs and. And, you know, wherever we're saving for trips or, or other big goals. And then what's left over from that after I've pushed all of our savings, which we try to save more than 50% if that's possible, then, uh, you know, is the variable spending. And that's what's left over. And so all I do is I look at our credit card at the end of the month and make sure that it's less than that variable number mm-hmm. or it's, you know, plus or minus 5%. And if it is, we're good. I don't care what bucket it went into. I don't care if it was all eating out. It doesn't matter. When we first got married, though, we had something different. And I do want to talk about this. That's what I was about to say, too. Like, you know, we're talking about this, like, down the line. Um, You know, a lot of people listening to this, they might maybe they're in medical school or maybe they're in residency or maybe one's in residency and they have a stay-at-home wife and and three kids or, um, you know, that the concept of, like, having extra money, like, um, I've been in business seven years, so I mean things are a little bit better now than like me being in the Caribbean. Like we have this many Eastern Caribbean dollars to dig to the grocery store, oh gosh, you know. So, um, so I definitely think we should. Like, I I like how we both kind of have different styles, same same vibe, but maybe you could give some advice. Yeah. You know, like the people who don't have the, ex- the extra, they're like, wow, that'd be nice to have extra, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, and oh, I remember being there with yeah. my wife in training. But one of the things I was going to mention was, yeah. the one, and, and it's a, a common theme when um, dealing with uh, newlywed married physicians, mm-hmm. is they feel like they don't want to buy something out of a joint account mm. to give to their spouse because yes. they, they don't know necessarily like if the spouse is going to see or how it'll be and it'll be like don't look at our account this week because yeah. bought, you know that's just kind of a weird thing and that's always been the argument going back and forth of joint versus separate ah, accounts that's an easy fix well what i yeah. did when we first got married was is we had our main joint account that all of our bills were paid out of and then i had two separate checking accounts mm-hmm. one was ryan and one was taylor mm-hmm. and every month when we after we had done our cash flow planning and said this is you know in residency it was like one hundred and fifty dollars mm-hmm. or two hundred dollars or something, but it would transfer auto transfer in at the beginning of the month. And then I told Taylor, I was like, "Look, I don't care what you do with your money. Go get yeah. a haircut. Go buy a handbag. Go buy a watch. Go yeah. liquidate and give it to a homeless man on the <laughs> yeah, street. Yeah, like yeah. it doesn't matter. Whatever you want, it's yours. Is your money? Mm-hmm. And that was the money that we used not only to do fun things for ourselves, but mm-hmm. also to Gift. buy gifts yeah. for each other. Yeah, and we did something similar. It wasn't um, like separate checking accounts, but 
just prepaid debit cards. Mm. That way, and we still just have one checking account and instead of three. But, you know, it, it can be whatever. And it's like we had at one point, we were each getting 200 bucks a month, you know, because after the, again, after the hair incident, you know, <laughs> dude clearly needs a little bit more money for his grooming. And, uh, you know, if I wanted to buy something, it's guilt free. If you want to give each other a gift, it's, it's guilt free. Or you don't have to say, you know, don't look at the Amazon account or whatever. But same thing, same concept. Auto debits on the first. And again, if you're budget planning and you're like, I have a $7,000 budget, but you know that that's six months, that's your car insurance, you know that that's going to be big. Well, then you each get 30 bucks that month to spend on something instead of a hundred or whatever it is. So that can be a part of your plan. And then you each have your little prepaid card and you feel like a child with an allowance, you know, and you get to do what you want. But these are the baby steps to take. They are. Right? Yeah. These are the baby yeah. steps to take when you're just starting yeah. to combine finances. And, you know, because you ha- need to have your thing. You need to have your thing. Yeah. But, it, but the other side of this is that combining finances, like if something were to happen to Taylor and she were to get into some kind of financial trouble, mm. I don't know what it might be at this point, but let's yeah. just say it was, there's no way I would let her fail. No. There's of no way. not. And, She's your person. And and so I'm all about simplifying the finances. So if I look at, I mean, many clients come to me and they have three, four, five different banks, not just yeah. bank accounts, it's banks. Yeah. So when we look at all the different accounts and all the different banks, it's just, it's too much and people can't really understand and grasp what they're spending. So I like to look at it as even in the first idea that I had where it was like my main account and yeah, then, yeah, and yeah. then our two, like that's still three accounts. That's very yeah. easy to manage. Yeah. It's very All the same understand. bank, things exactly. are moving around, they have your name on it. And, like it's perfect. And so then we look at automation, right? Yes. And, and you know, you're, you're, you're transferring, you're talking about transferring. Yeah. Like I said, everything's buckets. automated. Yeah. And it makes things easy. It also kind of puts stuff on autopilot. You don't want everything on no. autopilot. You, you have to keep sure. checking on it. You have to keep eyeballing exactly. it. Exactly. But... You want to make sure that, you know, you canceled the subscriptions or something to auto right, renew right. And, and things like that. But but the auto transfers between accounts, like, you know, I know $458 for me and $458 for Taylor goes out every month into an IRA. And mm. then once that money hits the IRA, it's auto invested in. Like, yeah, I already know I like what that. I'm doing. It's already put in. It's just the system that I've set up for mm-hmm. us. And so automation is not only good and bad, right? Good mm-hmm. with, with this concept, but bad if you if you don't know what you're spending. So I like how you automate things mm-hmm. and you've got things in different buckets and yeah. visualize. I like my buckets. I know you like your buckets. <laughs> I know you like your Who buckets. Who doesn't? And I should say that my buckets are in high yield savings accounts. They're not like in um, like six different accounts at six different banks. Like they're all in Ally because Ally is one of the highest. Um, they actually just upped it again. I don't even know what it is now. 1.2%, uh, which, you know, is not horrible, but it's not 0.01 like your checking account. And that way it just gives you a little bit of distance from, mm-hmm. you know, it's for me. And I've always felt this way. I can't have all of my savings in one savings account. Like I'm very goal-based when it comes to my savings. That's why I like Ally because it lets you rename the accounts. You can see them all on one page. You know that you're getting that high yield interest rate and you know, you name them and it's like your little pets, like your little Christmas <laughs> pet bucket and your little... You never know. heard bank accounts be called pets I mean, cat. <laughs> well, for time for everything. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, and one thing is like, let's let's be real though, like 1.2% yeah. isn't is like not anything that to great, write home about. But I it's, mean, it's better than nothing, right? It's, it is. It's better than nothing. But at the same time, like 
as you have plans and you build right. up emergency savings and yep. different things like the you know that does end up mattering that if it's sitting at point right. oh, 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 one. if it's like <laughs> right it does and of but. course the more senior physicians listening to this like the people who've been out of residency you know five six seven years they should not have a lot of excess money i don't think in like tiny little i mean once I get to that point, it's going to be invested, invested, invested yep. once you reach all the max, you know. And now it's time for the curbside consult. The question that I want to ask you is what if one of the spouses, it doesn't matter mm. which one, what if one of the spouses wants to combine finances and the other one doesn't for whatever reason? What would be your recommendation, conversation to have, whatever it is, for those two to get aligned that's a really great question. And for me, like, this is not a money issue. This is like a behavioral finance issue. This is, there is some reason why someone doesn't want to join accounts. And, and this can go deep. I mean, maybe they had a single mom and they watched her, her struggle and, or maybe they had, you know, they, they had divorced parents and they feel like they have to have something of their own. And I think it's kind of, you need, because when you get married, you're getting married to the person that you trust more than anyone in the world. This is your partner for life. Um, you know, maybe someone had been married before and they got really burned with the joint account or, or whatever it is. Or maybe, you know, they're just getting married at 30 instead of 22 like me and they've worked so hard and they have a sense of ownership over their money and maybe they don't want to share all of it. Mm-hmm. So whatever it is, I would try to get to like the core of what the issue is. Like what is the, what is the doubt and how does that make the other person feel? Does the other person feel like, well, why are you married to me if you don't want to join accounts? Like, aren't we a partnership? And I think once you kind of get to the root of the issue, then we can solve something. So maybe the root of the issue is like, well, I don't really want you to see everything I spend. I want to have some independence, like, right? I'm a grown person. And so maybe in that instance, that would be a good candidate for Ryan's like three bank accounts suggestion where jointly together you're each putting in a percentage of your income to a main account that's paying your family bills but the other person you know each person can then spend what they want and not feel like someone's micromanaging every purchase so so i was yeah i would say kind of get to the the root cause Mm -hmm. of that and know that it it might not be you or anything against you but just money's complicated right yeah, it, it it usually is, unfortunately, and yeah. and so to kind of just add a, a little bit onto that that mm-hmm. first question here is, you know, as as they're looking at their finances and they're maybe set in their ways, maybe they were like Taylor and I when they were together mm-hmm. for such a long Forever, time and things yeah. were separate, and now the concept of joining, they're like, why this has been working, right? Even if, if it's a little more difficult and more complicated to understand exactly what you're spending, mm-hmm. would you recommend that if it's been working to to join them at that point, say they'd been not asking a physician to marry them for 10 years? <laughs> Sorry, uh, pointing the finger at you. Um, no, like I stand firm with what I said at the beginning of this. You know, this is an issue that people have very firm stances on. You're either, you know, for the joint accounts or you're not. I am for joint accounts for a variety of reasons, being dating somebody and um, even if it's working, even if you have separate accounts, maybe you're living together and everything's going swimmingly and you're all paying your bills, everyone's getting along. But like marriage is a serious commitment and it's not the same as dating and living together. There's always an out in that situation. Marriage is like a very different commitment and joining your finances is like another step. You know, this is a, this is a different partnership. Like this is a lifetime commitment. And that's again, that's just my very strong opinion. I just, 
it, it kind of marks the difference between before and after, right? Yeah. We always worked together well before, but you know, now we have to really talk about things. This is marriage. Yeah, and for the for the, the the guys listening, gals listening, like you are very opinionated, and very strong because your hands are moving a hundred miles. <laughs> Too bad an hour we're not on video. You can be like flapping in the. Lap. We might be doing video next time. How this works, but uh, it's always been fun. So, Kat, thank you so oh, much for being on. Thanks for having me. Can you tell everyone where they can hear about you, read about you, and and all that? Of course. So you can find me at katherinealford.com. Catherine with a C, Alford with an A. You can find me on Twitter at. Kat C. Alford on Instagram at Catherine C. Alford. And yeah, I'm, I have a little three-year-old twins. I'm always posting pictures of them and sharing different articles and, and places that I, that I've been, places that I'm writing and featured. And so yeah, I'd be happy to connect with anybody who wants Amazing. to talk money. Amazing. And the books. And I do have two children's books out, uh, unrelated to finance, but a fun side project. Yep. Um, it's called The Twins Go. Um, I wrote it for my for my kids to just because they love books and I'm a writer and I yep. wanted to create something nice for them. It's my it's my side hustle. I love it. They're amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Kat, for being on. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Financial Residency Podcast. This episode has ended, but your financial residency continues online. Head over to financialresidency.com, where you'll find links to any resources mentioned in today's episode, along with other valuable tips and information that will help you regain your financial freedom. That's financialresidency.com.